Hello, Podcast Universe. It's me, PK, along with my two co-hosts, Phil. Hello, everybody. And Pat. Howdy. We are here to provide you with another spectacular episode of Hypothetical History. The number one hypothetical show on planet Earth and is quickly becoming a Tuesday must-listen. So if you are just joining us, welcome. Glad to add you to the family. As always, our goal is to make history fun, entertaining, and easy to understand. Two of us have researched a topic from history. Because I'm talking, you would know, it's clear, that's Phil and Pat. The other person, me, did no research and will learn along with the listener. Once we go over the facts about the event, then comes the hypothetical section of the show. But first, how are you two doing on this fine evening? Not too I'm bad. Fantastic. Whoa, you, you go first. Whoa, I you, no, fantastic. you no, yeah, you go. And I, then I'm, I'll I'm, then I'll go after you go. I I'm fantastic. Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, fantastic sounds, that sounds like a lovely way to put it. We'll go with fantastic for both of us. Both PSs are fantastic. I'm glad you're both fantastic and ready and willing to participate in this one, and this might be the first time we've ever had both people respond at the exact same time. We've had it where both people didn't respond at the same time. Yes, that happens, this is episode, what, 35? That has happened 34 times. (laughs) There's also so times where no one responds. Those are the best. Yeah, you guys did that to me once too. <laughs> so, yeah, that w- that was fun. So I like this one better. <laughs> Anything new and interesting in your lives? I was gonna say that sounds like a question mark, but it, it was a question, so that yeah, yeah. that fits. Exactly. Um, not too much. I mean, it's it's snowy holiday season, so we're dealing with. Dealing with snow and the holidays. And the lack of sunlight. That is true. And no more Thanksgiving as well. That now we're into the the holiday whatever you celebrate around that type of thing, like Kwanzaa or Hanukkah or Christmas or whatever. Now it's that season. So as season you guys of cookies. know you guys celebrate Christmas. Are your Christmas decorations up yet? Or have they been? My lights have been up because there was a few warm days in fall. That was smart. Uh, t- toward the end of fall, there was just a couple that snuck in there. I was like, yep, this is the day. And I smart. got them up. Very smart of you. Do you guys think you'll ever be that kind of person that just leaves your uh, Christmas lights on year-round? Like, on? Not not like, like up. Not necessarily turned on, but up. Uh, the longest I've ever left them up was probably into like february or march but they were always off in january but it sometimes it's just too cold up here to actually go up and take them down so it's weather dependent but so so you won't be like year round no no i mean with the plan of the future house that we're planning where you can't really see it from the road we're down to like four or five more years of just even decorating for christmas so (laughs) Uh, oh, so you want to do it for other people, not for yourself? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Are you going to put up like two candy canes at the very end of the driveway, though, like two giant light up ones, and that's it? Yeah, but a bunch of the lights are going to be out. Well, that's fair. I'm just excited the... for the uh, like 100 foot extension cord you'll need just to plug it into the house. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Maybe I'm somebody make else will solar candy canes. 
Somebody might live closer to the road. I'll just use <laughs> Plug that. Plug it in somewhere else. If you're my future neighbor, I did not say that, though. Wipe this. Well, boys, enough about future Christmas and other holiday things because we still got, what, 25 days? Yeah, 25 days. 25 days of Christmas starting tomorrow. Woo! Uh, what is on the topic today, boys? Well, have you ever heard of the gold rush? I think I have. I know I saw this on the docket. And I know it was another fan suggestion that came in from our friend Mike P. So uh, I'm interested to hear what his thoughts are when he listens to the podcast and what your guys' thoughts are right now. So we're going to be talking about the California Gold Rush specifically. It started in early 1848 in the Sacramento Valley and ended in 1855. Potential miners and prospectors came from all over the world, surprisingly. And an estimated $2 billion worth of precious metal was mined during the gold rush, which boosted the American economy and helped lead to statehood for California. So first, we need the discovery of gold in California in general. So on January 24th, 1848, James W. Marshall, a carpenter from New Jersey, found gold at Suter's Mill in Coloma, California, which was at the base of the Sierra Nevada Mountains. The Suter Mill itself was a water-powered sawmill on the American River. Marshall brought the gold to John Suter, who owned the mill, to test and confirm if it was gold. Suter was a German-born Swiss citizen who founded a colony that translated to New Switzerland, which would later become the modern-day city of Sacramento. Suter was able to establish a 50,000-acre agricultural community. Now, PK, your new house, are you thinking about 50,000 acres ought to do it? Uh, just a smidge under that. Probably like 48. <laughs> it's a long driveway. Very long. Long extension cord. Well, Suter was hoping to keep the news quiet because he was trying to build an agricultural empire and feared a gold rush would ruin his plans, which we will find out later he was correct. As this was happening, the U.S. and Mexico signed the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo. PK, do you know what this treaty was or what it may have ended? I'm guessing it was a peaceful treaty to end a war. All right. I mean, it's, I was, I was going to say a lot of times that's what treaties are, but I don't know if that's exactly true. So, Who do you, who do you think uh, was in the war? <laughs> uh, Mr. Guadalupe versus Mrs. Guadalupe. No, we, we I'm going to go we just... Mexico versus America. <laughs> Yes, so it was the U.S. and Mexican War. The Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo was signed on February 2nd, 1848, just a few days after gold was discovered, and ended the Mexican-American War in favor of the United States. The war had begun almost two years prior, in May 1846, over a territorial dispute involving Texas. The treaty added an additional 525,000 square miles to the United States territory, including the land that makes up all or parts of present-day Arizona, California, Colorado, Nevada, New Mexico, Utah, and Wyoming. Mexico also, <laughs> Mexico also gave up all claims to Texas and recognized the Rio Grande as America's southern boundary. So, pretty big defeat for Mexico. I'm going to 
guess that Mexico did not have very good lawyers at the table for this treaty, <laughs> because just based on this, I think uh, I think they got walked. They got walked over. Well, especially considering the uh, the new discovery. But you think think he gets that point for the question? Um, we'll give it to him. We'll give it to him. Sympathy point. <laughs> So, in February of 1848, Souter and Marshall swore to secrecy and sent Charles Bennett to Monterey to meet Colonel Mason, who was the chief U.S. official in California. Souter's goal was to acquire the mineral rights of the land where his mill was. On the way, Bennett stopped in Benicia, where he overheard someone discussing the discovery of coal in Mount Diablo, and then Bennett let the gold discovery slip. This actually happened a second time in San Francisco. And once he finally spoke to Colonel Mason, who refused to grant a title of land or mineral rights, he once again let loose the secret of the gold. In March of 1948, Samuel Brennan, a merchant and newspaper publisher, confirmed the discovery. He then set up a store to sell gold prospecting supplies while chanting, Gold, gold, gold from the American River. So, seems like a little conflict of interest for him. Do you think he had a little tune that he was shouting along with it? Probably. Or do you think he was just shouting that? He was shouting it, and I saw that he actually had a gold sample that he would show people to prove it. Yeah, he's definitely got a song with it then. 100%. Yeah. Maybe uh, a little, like, piccolo flute. Someone walking next to him and, Ooh. like, a drummer. <laughs> He could probably afford to pay a whole marching band with how much money he made from uh, prospecting supplies. He would just chip a little bit of that gold away each time. Yeah. He got everybody excited, and then he just sold them all the tools they needed to go prospecting. Genius. But by mid-June, about 75% of the male population in San Francisco had set out for the gold mines. In August, the New York Herald was the first major paper on the East Coast to talk about the gold. And in December, President James K. Polk confirmed the discovery in his congressional address. Pika, are you glad we didn't ask you which president? Yeah, uh, didn't was know that was president. Had no idea that was a, a, a Polk. <laughs> what was his first? James Polk? Yep, James K. Polk. Yeah, no idea. He was a one-term president, wasn't he? I don't know. I bet he was with a name like that. Who's going to re-elect that man? <laughs> You're not allowed to re-ask us presidential questions that you don't know because we, we don't know I just the bonus it. questions on top of it. <laughs> I just answered that. He's he's a one term. You can look it up now. He's definitely a one term president. <laughs> and if he was two terms, you're getting your point taken away. <laughs> Deal. So with his address, Polk wrote, the accounts of abundance of gold are of such an extraordinary character as would scarcely command belief were they not corroborated by the authentic reports of officers in the public service. And what this pretty much meant in modern day English was that there was the positive results from a report made by Colonel Richard Mason, who we already mentioned. I can confirm, just looked it up. He was a one-term president. Ah, nuts. (laughs) So San Francisco went from about 200 residents in 1846 to about 1,000 residents in 1848 to having 25,000 by 1850 and then all the way up to 36,000 by 1852. So from 200 to 36,000 in about six years. 
Those that moved to California in search of gold were called 49ers. And for the sports people out there, this is where the NFL team in San Francisco got their name from. People, mainly men, uh, I think I saw over, I don't know the exact figure, but it was over 90% of the gold miners were men, left their wives, lives, families, hometowns, and life savings all behind in hopes of finding prosperity they could hardly dream of. People from all over the U.S., Europe, Latin America, China, and Australia came to mine and prospect. This rapid increase in population had paved the way for gold mining towns. These towns came complete with shops, saloons, brothels, and other businesses trying to make their own fortune from the gold rush. On the flip side, it also brought it with it high amounts of banditry, gambling, prostitution, and violence. Now, whenever we think of, I guess, the Wild Wild West, or kind of like the saloon idea out west, like this is what I always imagined, but I always thought it was kind of like dramatization from Hollywood, but it sounds like what they depicted in movies is exactly kind of how it was. And Suter was correct that this would ruin his plans and his workers left in search of gold. Squatters even took over his land and stole his crops and cattle. So, PK, at the beginning, we said that California was later added to the United States as a state. Uh, What number state do you think it was? I hate you. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Got a one in 50 chance. Well, I can narrow it down. It's not the first 25. It's not the last two. That's correct. Also correct. I think I'm going to go with 41. You got one of the digits right. Wait, which digit do you think is correct? The four. Ooh. (laughs) If you were like, if this is Price is Right, I think they have that kind of game sometimes (laughs) where you got to like pick one of the numbers and they guess it right and they have to continue going, you you lost. (laughs) Was it 31? It was. Really? Wow. So in 1849, California applied to become a state and the economic boom gave it an advantage. They applied to be a state that barred slavery, which was a contentious issue in Congress. The Compromise of 1850 let California enter as a free state, but the territories of Utah and New Mexico were left to decide on their own if they were to allow slavery. And this is what led to California being the 31st state of the United States of America. By 1850, most of the surface gold had been mined, and gold was coming even more difficult to find. As a result, many miners went from working independently to wage labor. In 1853, hydraulic mining was developed and increased profits at the sacrifice of the landscape. Mining reached its peak in 1852 when $81 million worth of gold was mined. It decreased every year to about $45 million a year by 1857. By the end of the 50s, California's population had grown all the way to 380,000. New York's population in 1850 was number one in the country at about 3 million compared to California's 92,000, and that put them at 29th. New York's population in 1860 was 3.8 million compared to California's 380,000. And this actually only moved California up a few spots to 26th. San Francisco, however, was the 15th largest city at 56,000 people. It's a long way from just 200. Yeah, well, uh, 
Oh yeah, the two hundred to the fifty six thousand for San yeah. Francisco. Yeah. In just a what, a decade? Yep. Yeah. A lot of people. So not everything that came from the gold rush was positive. There were plenty of negative effects as well, and this part does get pretty dark. The Many Native Americans were forced from their homes and even killed as they tried to defend themselves and keep their land. In just 20 years, about 80% of California's Native Americans were wiped out. And though some died because of the seizure of the land or diseases caught from new settlers, some were also just simply killed because of the population increase and just the boom of people that was going on in California. There was also a lot of animosity towards immigrants, and this led to the foreign miners tax, which was, which costs immigrants about $20 per month, or in the current world of 2021, that would be about $620 per month. American prospectors organized attacks on foreign miners, particularly Latin Americans and the Chinese miners as well. I just want to point this out really quick. I won't go too far into it, but... Yeah, uh, the foreign miners tax should have been taxing everybody because technically all of them are foreigners. Just putting that out there. Until California was a state, yes. But, yeah, you know, it was, I won't go into it. (laughs) (laughs) So as we said with the mining, um, once they transitioned to hydraulic mining, that destroyed much of the landscape permanently. I think it took a lot of jobs too, right? Are you going to get into that right now? No, we didn't really get into the amount of jobs, but I'm sure it probably did, especially as gold was getting harder to find. Yeah. And, and like, they um, switched from just kind of mining for themselves to actually working for other people to find the gold. And then that's kind of when the the hydraulic mining came into play, that it was allowed them to get gold that wasn't just, like, surface level yeah. or, like, near the surface. That's what I mean. It would probably take a bunch of the jobs of the actual miners doing the manual labor. Yeah, but it also like allowed them to mine things that like wasn't really yes. possible yeah. at the time. Yeah, for or otherwise, it was like a change of jobs. Yeah, Pat mentioned earlier that a lot of the independent miners that were there at first kind of switched over and made wages instead for the hydraulic mining. Yeah. So they kind yeah. of, especially, I mean, in a way, it was kind of good because I'm sure plenty of people did not strike it rich. So if you weren't doing well and you were kind of independent then all of a sudden you're like well at least i get to get paid to try to find gold i mean yeah it's for someone else but at least you're getting paid yeah guaranteed paycheck exactly so dams designed to supply water to mine sites in summer altered the course of rivers away from farmland while sediment from the mines clogged others the logging industry was born from the need to construct extensive canals and feed boilers at mines further consuming natural resources. All right, PK, so that was the main information and facts from the gold rush. Now we are moving into the interesting facts section, and you're going to want to pay attention so you can use these when uh, we talk about the interesting facts at the end of the show. So far, what I've learned is more money, more problems. But I wouldn't mind having more money. Oh, I'll put up with the more problems. <laughs> Just saying. So I'd like to think that us three especially would have been able to think well enough ahead that we'd be a part of this next group of people. But the true winners of the gold rush weren't really the miners at all, but were the businessmen taking advantage of the situation. 
So here are a few examples of that. So John Studebaker, one of America's founding automobile manufacturers, was actually making wheelbarrows for the miners. Henry Wells and William Fargo moved west to open a banking office in San Francisco, and it is still today one of America's premier banking institutions, which is Wells Fargo. And last but not least, and I am sure there were others, but another giant one was in fact Levi Strauss. The German-born tailor moved to San Francisco in 1850 to build tarps and wagon covers for the miners. However, after hearing the men needed sturdy work pants to put up with their brutal 16-hour days searching for gold, he quickly shifted gears and opened a store in downtown San Francisco producing Levi's denim jeans. I'm uh, wearing a pair of Levi's denim jeans right now. Those are oh. specifically from the gold rush in 1850. <laughs> Mr. Yep. Moneybags over there can afford Levi's. You must have gotten a promotion us. at this company. Sponsor us, Levi's. Is that a I... different brand? What? Levi's? Is that like a cheaper brand that you're saying? Levi's. No, he's just yeah, saying just Levi's. <laughs> you said something else with Levi's. It sponsor us. I said oh. I was wearing their oh, denim sponsor. jeans. Okay, I got you. <laughs> I didn't get that. I just buy my jeans from Walmart. Well, now we're not going to get the sponsor from Levi. Thanks a lot, PK. You well, ruined it. Pat's ruined got it. it. <laughs> you ruined our chances. Pat's I'm trying got to the sponsorship. I'm trying to get the bigger office, and you just couldn't let me have it. <laughs> no, you got to stay below us. There goes our IT money. <laughs> oh, I'm still keeping up the spreadsheets. Sorry, so. keep going. Our next one is, in early parts of San Francisco were built out of abandoned ships from prospectors that had left the ships to mine for gold. As the population of the mining towns grew, they needed lumber for construction material, and therefore the ships were dismantled and sold to eventually create hundreds of houses, banks, saloons, hotels, and jails. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. I saw... forgot where I saw it, but uh, one of the articles I read said that they are still finding like full ships that the city was built on in the bay. I don't know how recent that was, but even even semi recent to find like a, a full ship from the gold rush still like underneath San Francisco is pretty cool. So PK, next is supply and demand. PK, you specifically have left your wife Brooke and your dogs, your belongings and life to come to California in search of gold. Congratulations. Thanks. You have all of your money to buy mining equipment and the basics to live. And we're going to find out just how much those basics to live costed you in California based on, you know, what it was then, but what it would equal today. So you're now at the market and you want to buy an egg for breakfast. Just one. You don't want to go too crazy. So you're just buying a single egg for yourself for breakfast. And by today's standards, that single egg is going to cost you about $25 during the gold rush. That's an expensive egg. Now, I don't think you're a coffee person. Nope. But if you wanted to get a pound of coffee, it would cost you Sounds about $100. Like nope. Nope. Now, this one, this one you may have to be part of because you're, you're a hard worker so you're out there mining 16 hours a day and you needed some new boots right you need a new pair of boots you got you got some holes something's wrong with your boots that you just want a new pair of basic boots okay pk how much do you think that basic pair of boots is going to cost you? we're not talking high-end fancy boots we're talking basic 
just like an average pair of boots that you need? Well, currently, currently I'm sitting with five eggs because I don't drink coffee. All right, so you're spending uh, $125 so far on eggs. <laughs> yes, so which would mean that I would clearly have spent $450 on boots. Yeah, you're going to look at about uh, $2,500 for that pair of boots. Yeah, I'll, I'll go barefoot. <laughs> I'll risk it. I thought that was insane. Like, just thinking about today's money, I cannot possibly fathom spending $2,500 on a pair. Again, they're not like high-end fancy boots. They're just like... I need work boots just to do what I set out to do, and it's going to cost you $2,500. Now, this is just in San Francisco where the gold rush is happening? Yes. So it was, okay. again, supply and demand. A humongous boom of the population went there. They went from, like we said, two hundred to 380000 pretty quick. So the resources that were there were scarce, and obviously the shops and owners that were there could also charge a ton of money because they had what you wanted. Now, why... Wouldn't I just have? Never mind. Well, maybe yeah. What if I left on good terms with my wife and the dogs, and they sent me a pair of boots? Why wouldn't I do that? You probably do it, but it would take months to get there. Yeah, but we're we're talking like 1850. These, <laughs> yeah, but like all these people that are like for forward thinking, like the the banks that open, the Levi shop that open. Why wouldn't you think ahead of time? Like, hey, I'm leaving. I'm gonna need more boots. Send me boots every three months. Well, it's something you've never done before. You, you've never been to California. You've never gold mined. So I, I don't know if you would necessarily know hmm. how, how bad it's going to be on your boots. <laughs> if you did have, yeah, if you had reoccurring boot shipments, like every three months, uh, what happens if your your boots break one month in? Duct tape. <laughs> or I'm more sure importantly... At that point, just get the boot shipments and resell the boots and like buy one pair, but then sell Ooh, the other. Yeah, and then yeah. you're you're making a profit on your monthly boot up. shipment from I New like York. It. I like yeah. that idea better. Yeah, that's you, the forward thinking we need. <laughs> if you have reoccurring boot shipments, yeah, you've pretty much just created a boot store. <laughs> yeah, I can. I don't have to mine anymore. What am I doing here? I'm just gonna sell boots. Started my own boot company. We're good. Just make sure you send a little bit of that money back to Brooke. Who? <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> she doesn't listen. We're good. <laughs> yeah, in, in your in your scenario, you said that he left Brooke. <laughs> well, he didn't he didn't uh divorce her, he just physically left her. She's she well, he's still married in New York. <laughs> we'll let him we'll let him decide that. <laughs> this is a FPP. <laughs> well, probably a PPP. Past Patrick problem. <laughs> I was gonna say if it's a, a future Patrick problem, if it's a pa- well, regardless, it's a Patrick problem. The fact that I said it, but you decide if you could be divorced or not. I feel like I'm lumped into that Patrick problem. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I at least left him married. <laughs> so we actually found out that the gold rush caused the largest mass migration in U.S. history. California was the fastest territory, despite not actually being a territory, to reach statehood in the U.S., which was less than two years. Most newly acquired regions of the U.S. went through long periods as territories before they had the 60,000 inhabitants needed to achieve statehood. And prior to the gold rush, immigration to California had been so slow that it would have been decades before the population reached that number. But with gold fever reaching epidemic proportions around the world, 
More than 60,000 people from around the globe came to California in 1849 alone. Alaska, on the other hand, was purchased in 1867 and did not become a state until 1959. So we mentioned the Souter Mill pretty early on where the gold was first discovered. Now, John Souter ended up having a pretty rough life. As news got out about the gold, he lost most of his workforce who would rather search for gold than work for him. His land was overrun by prospectors and a lot of his equipment was destroyed. Souter ended up having to deed his land to one of his sons who used it to create a new settlement called Sacramento. And Souter thought that the new settlement would have been named after him, but he named it Sacramento instead. So just another little dig into his life. And speaking of that, PK, we'll start with you. If you had to call a new settlement and you had to name it after John Souter, what what would you name it? Suitsylvania. That's not bad. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah, my first thought was Souterville, but I think uh, Suitsylvania is pretty good. I was thinking Souterville, but I was like, ooh, everybody would think of that. Yeah. So I had to throw a little twist on it. Pat, you got one? Um, I don't think I can top Suitsylvania. That's fair. It's a good one. It's All right, so we'll move on. So he ended up taking up a decades-long campaign for the U.S. government to reimburse him for his financial losses, but that endeavor ended up failing, and he eventually retired to Pennsylvania, where he would live out the rest of his days. So I, I have a quick question. I don't know if either of you guys are going to be able to answer this. I think it's like this topic adjacent, like normal for me. But you said that his land became Sacramento. Yes. So he owned the deed to So Sam, he Sacramento. owned the 50,000 acres of that land, and then he had to give it up to his son because he was not doing well financially. And then his son ended up doing okay with that, I believe, and naming it Sacramento. So I think his son ended up like kind of being more successful and actually making it a decent area to live, and then he yeah. called it Sacramento. Continue. So my my thought is... His son technically owns the city of Sacramento. Do other people out there and their families just own cities like this? I don't think at this time that he actually owned the land. I think that he had set up the mill and kind of claimed it, but he never had any like official paperwork saying that he owned the land. Okay. Which he was, he was, I, he was trying to get the land rights along with the minimal, mineral rights, but that wasn't granted to him. Because at the at the time when he was setting up, um, California still wasn't uh, yeah, part of the U.S. Yeah. That was um, pretty much that stuff was pretty much happening at the same time as the Mexican American War and when the the treaty was signed. Okay, I was I was thinking like. Man, he owns a whole city of Sacramento. His family's probably well off right now because Sacramento is <laughs> a pretty decent sized city. I was like, I wonder if somebody like owns Niagara Falls, and if they do, their values are in the tank. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Thank you. But that's uh, pretty much all we got. If you have any other questions or no, no, I'm just trying to think of how I can go about owning a city now. Kind of like I, I can't say that word. The Blanks Creek 
like on Netflix. I know it's the name of the show, but I, I don't want to swear on the podcast. S Creek. Look it up. Good show. But I think you owns... have to be like the the Hemingways and just, you know, have a, a raft oh, yeah. float a out raft. into the ocean, yep. into neutral territory, claim it as an island and a city that you own. Bring it back. Like it. Lester Hemingway. Love it. I know we always say Ernest Hemingway. In the yeah, that's why I just said Hemingway. I was like, it's not yeah. Ernest. I'm just going to say Hemingway. It can't. It's not wrong. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, I'm going to be going to look under my couch cushions really quick and see if I have any gold because that's the extent of my mining that I'm going to be doing. Or but any scruples. We, or any scruples. He brought it up again. But with that, this concludes the facts section of the history section of this hypothetical journey that we're on. So when we get back from our short break, we will dive into the first part of our namesake, the hypothetical section of the show. Be right back. What's up, everyone? For those that haven't jumped aboard yet, we have a second podcast you can listen to us on. We want you all to join us in the Buffalo Sports Collective, or for you cool people out there, the BSC. Every Monday and Friday, we put out a new episode on all things Buffalo sports. Bills, Sabres, Bisons, and Bandits all in one show. So just can't get enough of us or want to hear our thoughts and opinions on our sports teams? Then follow along with us on Facebook and Instagram at Buffalo Sports Collective, and we are also on Twitter at Buffalo Sports Co. Don't get left behind in the must-listen-to Buffalo sports show, the Buffalo Sports Collective. Then tell your friends so they aren't missing out too. We'll see you soon in the BSC. Hey everyone, I'm sorry, did I catch you on your bathroom break before the second half of the show? Well, that probably means you can't skip me. In that case, I'm here to remind you where you can keep up to date on all of our material on the other six days of the week when we don't have an awesome new episode. We are on Facebook and Instagram at HypoHistoryPod and on Twitter at Hypo underscore HistoryPod. That's the place to be not only to follow along with us, but to drop any comments or suggestions for the show, including future topic ideas. Alright, I'm sure you're finishing up and ready for the second half of the show. Just don't forget to share us with everyone you know so they can join the hypothetical family. Now... On with the show! Alright, and as promised, we are back with the second half of Hypothetical History, the hypothetical section. So, Pat and Phil just got done explaining the gold rush to me, PK. Now, which one of you fantastic gentlemen would like to start with the first hypothetical question? I got a, a little nugget of a hypothetical for Ooh, you. There it is. Is it gold? You're about to find out. <laughs> what if Charles Bennett never told anyone about the gold? Do we think that the news of the gold would have actually still spread around? If you, you remember, Charles Bennett was the one that uh, Souter charged with um, going to see the colonel about getting the mineral rights. And who blabbed about it to everyone and anyone he could find. So Bennett knew there was gold in California, which wasn't really California yet. Yes. I'm going to say that if he had not told anybody about the gold, he'd be one of the richest men in the history of ever. Yeah, he probably would have had a, a decent chunk of gold. 
And yeah, I mean, I, I'm part. guessing they would have had to constrain it to what Suter had claimed he owned, like that 50,000 acres. So they would have been able to search on that land. But, I mean, obviously, I don't know. I, I, a lot less people would have showed up, which would have changed everything. Um, again, this is kind of why we do this show. Like, if, if one person would have kept their mouth shut like they were supposed to, then uh, the entire gold rush may not have happened at all. So I know it's a lot of land, but if he would have just kept his mouth shut, if they would have mined enough gold, they could have been able to fortify that acreage and just kept mining it without anybody entering it and kind of taking all the gold. So even if they didn't get the mineral rights, like what happened in there as well, uh, they would have been very well off because they would have just kept being able to mine whatever gold was on their plot of land, which was a lot of land, and uh, kind of set themselves up pretty nicely. Yeah, if uh, Suter wasn't so focused on his like agricultural empire, he probably probably would have gotten a good chunk of money instead of not really having anything. And he'd have a city name, Suitsylvania. And not Sacramento. Yeah. Oh, sorry. The second part of your question. Uh, would the news have spread about the gold? Yes, but it would have been delayed because, I mean, money talks and talks loud when there's a lot of it. So there would have been news that spread regardless if somebody would have. If Bennett and Suter would have both been really hush-hush about it and just kept doing their thing, I feel like people around them and word would have gotten out it just probably wouldn't have spread as fast as it did and yeah as someone big as it was someone else would have found gold eventually yeah. with how much was how out much was there. there and i think it was like 1842 or something like that in a different part of california like kind of nearby um found found gold as well but i don't that didn't really cause like a huge gold rush i think that was actually kept kind of secret unlike uh with charles bennett so like it was supposed to be. Yeah. Loose lips sink ships, and then those ships get turned into buildings. <laughs> Tying it all together. So, second question, similar-ish to the first one. What if Suter had actually gotten the mineral rights to the land that he owned? Well, I kind of already answered that. He would have a city called Suitsylvania. <laughs> I think yeah. I think he would have been much more well off and he wouldn't have his result in all of this wouldn't have been as bad as it was for him. Yeah, cuz this would have like guaranteed him, him to like pretty much own any of the gold that was found on that land and anything else too, right? Yeah. Yeah, there were uh what was the number that I had at the beginning? It was Two billion dollars worth of precious metal. So that wasn't just gold, but I believe it was primarily gold. Was that strictly on his land? No, uh, just from the gold rush. Okay, okay. So gotcha. yeah, he he would have had a nice chunk. A, yeah, from gold and whatever other precious metals were found on his land. That's got a stink. Imagine like yeah. being in his family even nowadays and just going, God, this guy. Come on, we could have our own city. <laughs> We could have so much money. Suitsylvania. Oh. I don't, the, the way that you were kind of saying that reminded me of uh, 
in today with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, where people had like tons and tons of Bitcoin when it was like worth pennies. And then they like either got rid of it or lost where it was stored and they'd be millionaires right now. There's that one guy that has a laptop that has so much Bitcoin on it, but I think he has like one more try to get yeah. his account. <laughs> it, it's like, I don't want to get in like the weeds on that, but it's either on an encrypted hard drive or in like his digital wallet that he forgot the password to. And he had it set up so that way after X amount of attempts of getting it wrong, it would just like erase everything. And he's got, yeah, like one or two tries left. <laughs> it's like like hundreds of millions of dollars, I think. And he's I feel like, like at that point, because you don't want to lose it all, you got to like go to one of the best hackers in the world and be like, hey, just just hack this. And then we'll we'll split some of it because I don't want to lose all of it. Imagine if he like put it a capital I and he's been thinking it's a one the whole time. (laughs) Like he has it written down on a pad of paper and he just, I'm entering it right. What's going on? He's he's forgetting that's the capital I instead of a one. Oh yeah. There's, he's probably like done that. It's like, Oh, like I probably just like didn't have this like uppercase or lowercase or whatever. And he like wasted the tries. Yeah, like he has five tries and the first three tries are just him typing in the same thing three different times because he goes, no, I, I th- maybe I typed it wrong the first time. I know I do that whenever I get the password wrong, if, whether I just like mistype it or I type in something different. I always like retype it the exact same way. Yep. Imagine doing that and you have hundreds of millions of dollars at stake. <laughs> oh, man. Poor suitor. <laughs> But next is, what if the Mexican-American War lasted even a few more months and the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo wasn't signed until after the discovery of gold in California? So, I'm, I'm just making sure I get this right. California was technically the land that belonged to Mexico at that point. Yes. Okay. Um, Mexico wouldn't have been fleeced as bad as they were then. Because, man, that you lost all that land... Maybe, I bet they probably thought like it's just land too. There's not a ton of value in this, and there's that, a lot of desert. Yeah, it's man, it's got a stink. Like, how far after this? Like, it was a few months after this that they found all the gold. Yeah, the them finding the gold and I believe the actual signing of the treaty were like within days of each other. Oh man! But it wasn't well known that gold was there until you know a few months later. That's got to stink. USA, USA, USA. Like, I wonder if the treaty would have changed where Mexico, either the U.S. or Mexico, one of them would have switched and tried to say, like, we'll say Mexico was like, all right, well, now we know there's gold in California. You can have California, but we're keeping, you know, X, Y, and Z for land because you also get the gold or other way around. They would have just been like, all right, you can have everything but California. I don't know if... If it would have actually changed, I don't know if America would have simply been like, fine, or they would have been like, no, we're going to stick with the original treaty. But uh, I do think it's pretty crazy that it was just shortly after this was signed and that land was turned over to America that it was discovered. And I, I wonder if, I don't know, if Mexico would have fought a little harder, not that they probably didn't fight hard, but if they would have tried to extend the war knowing 
the amount of money that is potentially just sitting in California that they would have to then mine, but that they could have if they held on to that territory. They must curse Charles Bennett's name so often. Like, why weren't you more vocal a few weeks earlier? <laughs> but going back to what Phil said, like about dividing, like you can either have California or this land. For me, I would have said you can have California, but I want all this other stuff because it would have forced people. Imagine nowadays when you're like driving cross country where if you were to gotten to like Colorado and you had had to go through like border security and everything. And then when you got to California, then you have to go through border security again. <laughs> like Mexico just owns this giant thing. I guess it, what kind of is what it is with Alaska. So it's not a huge difference. Mexico would have done it just for the toll money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just uh, that would have added up eventually. <laughs> They're thinking way long term. Yeah, like, long yeah, time. you can have California, but we're getting those tolls. <laughs> That's future thinking. That's like the equivalent of Levi's. Pretty much, Mexico is Levi jeans. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to get your sponsorship back, Pat. I'm trying. You you owe me. <laughs> I need that bigger office. Uh, I'll give you Phil's. Even though I have no say oh. over that. Oh. <laughs> you no, just, just change make, your locks. Just make sure you put up the uh, cardboard barrier around the computer to make sure it sounds better. <laughs> All right. So lastly, and it's a few parts. What if the gold rush never existed at all? We'll say, I don't know, in general, there was no gold in California. Nothing to be discovered. Just wasn't there. It was just land. Uh, just your, your average large piece of land how would the state of california be different well the football team would be called san francisco brokers instead of the 49ers get it no gold broke brokers i guess you could take it a different way is because brokers are like rich people as well <laughs> uh i don't think california <laughs> would be as big of a population and i feel like them, New York, Florida, and Texas are kind of like the biggest populated states. And I feel like the gold rush kind of drove that population up, like you guys said. But it probably also drove up the economy and the, the businesses that took their business out there and built up enterprises and stuff there. So I don't think California would be anywhere near what it is today without what happened with the gold rush because a bunch of people got rich there and then they just settled there and that's kind of how it happens. Yeah, I wonder if it would be like a sim similar population to uh, some of the other states out that way. Like, well, like they're probably Oregon or Washington. Yeah, it it might be. It would probably be bigger considering that this the state yeah. is like geographically bigger, or maybe it would have been divided up into smaller states. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, but yeah, I, I agree that it would definitely not be like as big as it is now i think it still would probably have, have ended up becoming a bigger state just because it's on on a coast but yeah where would disneyland be would there just be one disney world hmm maybe it'd be in texas instead <laughs> oh nobody would go there <laughs> i'm getting all the texans mad at me now too <laughs> You got a lot of people angry at you. That's fine. They don't know where I live. I did just Google the 2020 census. California is the number one most populated state currently, and it's not even close. 
They're at about 39 million people. Texas is at 29. Florida is at 21. New York is at 20. And then Pennsylvania is at 13. Pennsylvania is five? Pennsylvania is number five. Wow. At least I got the first four, right? I didn't get Oh, Pennsylvania. Makes sense for Pennsylvania. They got a lot of uh, bigger cities and uh, a lot of people kind of down in like the Jersey, Massachusetts, like New York area. Pennsylvania just touched out Illinois and then Ohio. Illinois has got Chicago. That's where everybody Chicago. The Windy City. So yeah, California is, uh, it, it boomed because of the gold rush. I do agree with both of you. I do think a lot of that population is from the gold rush. It'd be interesting to see how many descendants there are just straight from families that moved to there because of the gold rush. Um, and like you said, it'd be interesting to see if California would have been broken up into multiple territories or multiple states had they not been granted the uh, statehood so quickly. Like if if they were just a territory and I guess we'll say the U.S. had more time to think about it, would they have thought about breaking up California into two or three or however many they wanted to? I think they would have, but they wouldn't have been as creative with names because they would have just called it like North California and South California like they did with the Carolinas and the Dakotas. Be original. Be original. Uh, East California and West California. West Virginia. Yeah, come on. Come on. America. I think they uh, maybe maybe they wouldn't have broken it up because it seems like on the East Coast, there's lots of states like little ones that are kind of broken up and then bigger ones and medium sized ones. And then like the further West you get, like the, the shapes are a little bit more square and they're a lot bigger. So I think they just got lazy breaking <laughs> things up. Westward expansion, like, they just gave up. They're like, whatever, you're just, you're a state. Yeah. <laughs> like they get to California like, like we got to, what do you mean? We got to break up another state. <laughs> All right. So speaking of that, how much longer do we think it would have taken California to, to become a state earlier in the facts? We kind of talked about that. The, number uh the population had been extremely slow moving to california obviously the east coast was bumping at the time so there wasn't too much of a reason to go to california without the gold or you know make that trek so the population even to reach the sixty thousand people for to become a territory even before it could become a state would have taken a long time and then you have to wait even longer after that to apply to be a state so this was all around 1850. How long do we think it would have actually taken California to become a state? Ten more states worth. You really like that 41. <laughs> well, I just want to be right. I want that point. <laughs> I think it, it probably would have taken them similar amount of times. It would have taken the other ones because, like you said, Arizona, Oregon, Washington, Colorado, New Mexico, I think were all part of that group. And I... I don't think you ever told me exactly when all of them became states, but probably about similar to the rest of them would would be my guess is how much longer would it take in California to be a state would be similar to those ones. Yeah, Colorado was 1876, so about 20 years after it was purchased. Well, yeah, after it was settled on the territory, yeah. sorry. Maybe a little bit sooner than that because they did have the coast. So maybe for like shipping purposes, maybe, I mean, when, when was Oregon and Washington? 
Oregon was 1859. And Washington was an eight, uh, also 1889. No, Oregon was 1859. Washington was 1889. Yeah, so I would say probably maybe 59. I, I, I'm assuming Oregon might have been become a state because everybody from California was kind of moving north as well looking for gold so the population kind of flowed into oregon as well so that might have boosted that as so i guess oregon probably would have been delayed as more probably what did you say washington was like 1880s washington was 1889 yeah so probably around there i guess the 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 coast didn't really do much for washington Colorado was 1876, which I wonder if that kind of got sped up because people like were heading to California and they're just like, ugh, like it's too far. Like, got tired. Let's just stay here. <laughs> or they got to Colorado and looked at the newspapers and it was like, gold's pretty much gone. Like, ah, dang it. I live here now. Or they got there. <laughs> I, they went, I can't get past this mountain. How did everybody else do it? <laughs> this is so high up. My skis are always pointed down and not sideways. <laughs> probably like 1880s 1890s just to kind of round it up but based off these other states yeah, it is kind of interesting like pk mentioned the flow of the population north like that's why washington probably took a lot longer was that it just people slowly kept trickling up and up and up and up and that's why it seemed like oregon was shortly after and then washington was a little ways after yeah they got to oregon and realized oh there's no gold here let's stop moving north just cold up there all right so (laughs) lastly what would the landscape and natural resources look like today had they not done the hydraulic mining and mining in general and the changing of rivers to supply the mining towns and the mining communities in general like it was kind of hard to find exactly what they did and like what how it changed california's landscape but in general what what are what are our thoughts on on that? A lot more flat, less holes. I wonder if there'd be even more um, like state and national parks out there. Yeah, if there was less destruction of the landscape. Yeah, or maybe, maybe or maybe that's why uh, California has such big parks because a lot of it was um, kind of destroyed. Similar to uh, Niagara Falls before they stopped it and made it a yep. a, a state park. Calling it back to Niagara Falls. Two episodes I wa- ago. <laughs> I wonder if um, cause part of the reason, or I wonder if part of the reason California ha- ends to ha- ends up having a little bit more droughts. Um, if I wonder if that was partly because some of the rivers and stuff were rerouted, or just blocked altogether from the uh, runoff from the mines as well. Yeah, I think he just figured out why there's so much drought out there because <laughs> of the gold rush. it's the only reason <laughs> it took this podcast <laughs> and the 35th episode of it to discover why california has droughts you're welcome america yeah no no other big global issues just None. uh gold just rush. gold rush i i kind of agree with both of you that it I wonder if it would have been more like Oregon and Washington had this not happened, where it's kind of more like nature and more... Le- it definitely wouldn't be what it is today with Hollywood and I mean, Las Vegas. and or, I'm not Las Vegas, Los Angeles, the different Los 
Los Angeles. But I, it definitely wouldn't be like that because you wouldn't have all of the 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 wealth out there and the the billionaires and the millionaires out there. So it it likely would have been like the territories around it and the states around it, where it would have been more nature first rather than kind of economy based. That's kind of an interesting point. Where I wonder if um, yeah, they wouldn't have a lot of like wealth out there in like those big cities like it is today. Yeah, because I mean, besides California and then Las Vegas, what's like the biggest thing out there besides? I know there's bigger cities, but like Seattle and stuff like that. But there's nothing quite like Los Angeles and Las Vegas and stuff like that. Where on the west coast of the United States, that's more all east coast kind of stuff. Mm, yeah, Portland and Seattle. Yeah, I think Seattle's. Seattle's probably the next closest, and I guess Portland's up there too. But, I mean, compared to what it is on the East Coast, like you got Miami, you got Orlando, you got Atlanta, all those bigger, bigger cities that have more, like, I guess, (laughs) Mm millionaire-based. Where over in the West Coast, it's really just like Los Los Angeles and then a lot of parks in California. Okay. So you think not as rich... And potentially more naturey and like natural parks and stuff like that. A bigger Oregon, coming from the guy who doesn't really know what Oregon looks like. So mm, I'm going off my kinda, imagination. <laughs> it's kind of square-like. I knew that. I mean, what's it look like when you're there? <laughs> Do you guys have any other hypotheticals? Nope. Well, I have one for you, real quick. Ooh. All right, there's three of us. Which one of us, and you guys are the ones, you guys can work as a team and assign roles. One of us has to be Charles Bennett. One of us has to be uh, Sutter and uh, Suter. And the other one has to be the person that came up with Levi's. Go. Wait, what? <laughs> what was the last one? Levi's. The person, the person that Levi Strauss is the, the last one. That's what I thought you said, but I wasn't I wasn't expecting that. I thought that we were I thought you were just gonna go with the three people at the beginning. Nope. There we go. You guys decide and come up with who's who. <laughs> no one wants to take any of it. <laughs> I I'd probably be the one that like blabbed about it. I mean everyone wants to be Levi. Yeah, it wouldn't be me. Hundred percent, it would not. Be yeah, me. I could see, I could see me being the one that blabs. Phil's gonna be on a a gene empire, Hey-o. and PK is gonna end up poor in Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> I accept I the that. outcome I've... of this <laughs> game. This land is mine. All that gold is mine, and I lose court case after court case. <laughs> And you, yeah, I was saying you would be the person to fight it in courts forever, too. And then when I know I'm losing the case, I just distract him with something else. You can't handle the truth. Let's talk about movie quotes. (laughs) It's 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 the it's the ways around arguments. You just change the topic so they get more fumed about that, and then they forget that they they are winning the argument, and then they're focused on the next argument. PK is just up there stirring the pot. A little bit of info for all of you that like to argue about the simplest things in life. Use misdirection. Exactly. I'm like a magician. Ne- never stay on topic. <laughs> Ever. Don't don't uh, argue what they want you to argue. Argue what you want to argue. 
<laughs> I'm the magician of arguments. You know, when you're looking over here, I got the coin over here. <laughs> All the way over in uh, Suitsylvania. <laughs> yeah, PKsylvania. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, what is something that you learn on today's show? And I will take volunteers. Who wants to go first? I will go first because I like pirates a lot and ships. And I think it's pretty interesting... Not only that a lot of San Francisco at the time was built using the lumber from old ships, but just the, I never had the thought in general that a lot of people that came through boat uh, did not have any intention of returning where they came from. And not only that, but just imagining the thought of going to the shore and then just, you know, you're done with your boat. Like you, you just, your ship is just useless to you. And instead of I don't know, doing anything with it. You're just like, all right, well, that's up for grabs. It's just officially abandoned. And just being in San Francisco on the coast, seeing just tons and tons of abandoned ships and just kind of being like, Yo, what the heck? What happened to our port or anything or our coast? We just have ships all over the place that no one's coming back to claim or use. What happened? I thought it was super interesting that people pretty much came from all over the world. Like I, I pretty much thought that it was just a U.S. Um, thing where miners were going to California, but finding out that they were coming from Europe, Latin America, China, and even Australia was pretty neat. Well, I decided to go last because I was actually going to try to name something I actually learned, but Phil stole it, so I had to adjust it really <laughs> quick. I learned that uh, past PK is going to starve and go shoeless as he makes his way to California to find gold because he will not be able to afford eggs. He doesn't drink coffee and uh, he can't afford the boots. Oh, and that I started my own boot empire because Brooke is sending me boots in the mail and I'm turning around and selling them for profit. Also, yeah, you're not telling Brooke that you started your own boot empire. She just, yeah, just keep sending me some boots. I'm going through them real quick. (laughs) I haven't found any gold yet. (laughs) Still digging. Still digging. It must be pretty deep. You're asking for at least 10 to 20 pairs of boots a month. Yeah, they wear out real quick when you're gold mining, so keep sending yep. them. <laughs> a lot of holes. A lot of holes. I'll say that you were, you're mostly on topic for your, your fact. Yeah, I'm t- like on topic adjacent, I guess. And is this where the movie Holes came from? <laughs> Dig it out. Uh-uh. Dig it. Oh, boy. Shia LaBeouf. Yes, I know how to pronounce his last name, people, but that's the more fun way to say it. But is there anything else, gentlemen, before we uh, close down the number one podcast in the universe? Nope. I am uh, panned out. I was going to say something else, but that's a good way to end it. So, Pat's ending with a pun. Well, I guess Pat will have more time to work on his pun as we close this one out. So thank you again for listening to another episode of Hypothetical History. If you love this show, don't forget you can come back and listen to any of the shows that you missed all for free. Be sure to follow us on all the social media sites for anything we put out there. Let us know some topics just like today's topic and we will get it on the docket for you to listen to. Subscribe to our podcast channels wherever you listen and don't forget to leave us that review. Any five-star reviews will be read on the podcast by yours truly. I can't guarantee it'll make the cut because Pat makes the cuts. Until next time, bye-bye.